Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Today is a celebration of First Fruit Sunday. Why do we celebrate? Because we, we, we're here today and we're able to offer God our first fruits because God has been faithful. Every time I hear that song, you know, it just really brings me to tears, especially as, as I'm holding uh, my, my boys and uh, just a, a reminder of how good and faithful, you know, that God is. And, you know, I want to start also today by acknowledging that I know many of you are probably new to Access Church and you may not be familiar with the biblical concept of of first fruits and you know maybe you've been in church for a while or maybe you even grew up in church and and never have have been taught this principle and I want to say that you're not alone because even myself as as a PK PK means pastor's kid you know I had ne- I was never taught the principle of honoring God with with our first first fruits. In fact, I didn't learn this until I got married and started uh, working with under my father-in-law's pastoral leadership in Dallas, Texas. And I remember when he said, we're going to do first fruits. And I was like, that's not of God, right? <laughs> that's not of God, right? And I've never heard that in my life. And so my, my father-in-law and his very, uh, he's, he's not just a, a great pastor, a mentor, but he was an amazing theologian. He sat me down in the chair and he really just gave me an expository hermeneutical and exegetical explanation of first fruits, right? And at that point, I still did not believe in it. But I did it out of obligation, right? Because I felt like I needed to honor and respect the leadership that I was under, right? And, and, and I did it begrudgingly, exactly the way the Bible tells you not to give, right? And, and so I did it just because, you know, I, I had to. And, but I began to see that, that when I honored God with my first fruits, I began to see God's hand of favor and, and blessing, you know, on my life like, like never before, right? And, and, and I remember it, it was even to the point that when we switched churches that didn't practice, you know, first fruits, I was like, yes, we're finally done, right? It's like some of you, when you leave this church and they don't fast, you're like, yes, we don't have to fast. This church doesn't fast, right? But that's how I felt. And Santa's like, no, but we know. Like, yeah, but they don't really, like, require that at this church. And my wife's like, yeah, but we're responsible for what we know. And, and so, you know, we, we, we continue to, to honor God with our first fruits. And what I've come to understand that in order to live in God's kingdom, we must live according to his word. Uh, which are the principles of the kingdom. In fact, Matthew 6.33, this is what Jesus was saying. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. And see, what happens to us a lot of times, you know, we want to take the the word of God and church like a buffet, right? We want to pick and choose the the things that we we want and like and skip over the things that we don't, right? And and we we all love that last part where it says all these things shall be added unto you but you forget that that promise is is contingency based right that that promise that promises is contingent on what on seeking God's kingdom first right and 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 that's what what got what Jesus was initially saying he is talking about a, a, a change or a shift in in mindset and understanding why because what what happens to people with our 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 
our faith life or our religious life is that we, we begin to compartmentalize, we, we begin to compartmentalize our, our, our relationship with God. Like we, we think that as long as I go to church on Sunday, that's great. Like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I can do whatever I want. But as long as I'm, I'm at church on, on, on Sunday, then, then I, I'm, I'm good with God. But see, that's not what God wants. God didn't send his son Jesus just so you could visit him once a week, right? What he wants is, is a relationship, an everyday re relationship with you. And, and, and so what Jesus is saying that if you want to walk according to my kingdom, you've got to shift your mindset and you've got to put God first, right? You've got to put God first. And this is what I call a priority mandate. What does it mean? It means to put God above and before anything else in, in our lives. And see, a lot of us, we come to church when it's convenient, not out of commitment. And, 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 and what do I mean by that? It's like, well, if I don't have anything better to do, then I'll show up at church, right? You know, if the Cowboys play, then I'm sorry, pastor, it's the Cowboys, right? Or, or you know, whatever, right? But, but Jesus is saying that if you really want to truly honor God in your life, then God has to be first above everything or anyone in your lives. He must be first. And Jesus is talking about a, a, a shift or a change in, in mindset and a change in heart. In other words, he, what he's saying is that whatever is a priority in heaven should be a priority in us. See, whatever is important to God should, should be important to us, right? We can't just serve God out of convenience. You know, in order to have a God-honoring relationship, we have to be committed, right? And so to seek God's kingdom first is a change in priority and a change in mentality. And so we've got to change our mindset regarding finances, generosity, stewardship. Instead of viewing those things through the filter of our experiences, we must begin to view them through the filter of God's word. And, and that's what happens. You know, we, we, we all come we all come to church with, with preconceived ideas about how things should be, right? And, and I hear it all the time. People say, well, pastor, I know the Bible says, but I think, right? Then I think and what I believe, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is not your church, it's his church. It's not your kingdom, it's his kingdom. And I always say that this is not Burger King. You can't have it your way. It's got to be his way or no way. That, that's, there, there's a one-way street with God, and it's his way, right? It, it's not a bilateral relationship. It, it's his way or no way, right? And, and so we all come with, with preconceived ideas on what we think the church should be doing and what the church should, should be about, right? And what we've always done here at Access Church is we've always drilled it down to the word of God. Because people come, well, the church should be doing, and you hear this, your coworkers and, and your neighbors and your family, well, the church should be this and the church should be that. But we've always drilled it down. And so in order for us to grow and mature in our relationship with God, we've got to begin to break down delusive 
concepts. Delusive. Those are, those are, 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 are concepts that are, that are misleading, right? Or, or, or misunderstanding God's way. That word concept comes from the Latin word conceptum, which is the, the word structure. And what happens is that when we come to church with our own preconceived ideas and we view these things through the filter of our own understanding and our own experiences, what happens is we begin to put up structures and those structures obstruct from God doing what he wants to do in our in our lives. In fact, the very first sermon that Jesus ever preached here on the earth is found in Matthew chapter 5. And what did he do? He gave us a list of what we call beatitudes, right? The attitudes. And all of those things directly challenged the mindset of the people during that time. And in fact, you hear Jesus would tell his disciples all the time. He would say, you say, but I say right you think this but I say this right this is what you think the kingdom of God is about but this is what the kingdom is really about and in fact even John the Baptist, he came preaching repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. See, that word repent does not mean to feel really bad or remorseful of all the bad things you've done or the mistakes or the failures in your life. The English word translated repent comes from the Greek word metanoia, which means a change of mind or a change of heart about something or someone. So when John came preaching repent, he was saying you're gonna for, for what's about to come and what's about to happen in your life all of those structures and those preconceived concepts and ideas that you came with you're gonna have to tear them down because the kingdom is at hand the kingdom is about to be established in your life and, and in your heart I'm about to do something in, in your life and, and so even Paul that's what he was referring to in Romans 12 verse 2 it says don't copy the behavior and customs of the world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think and Paul is saying if you want a life change in your life then you've got to break down structures or concepts right and, and we have those structures about everything about marriage about work about giving about praying about holiness about church and religion and faith and about God all our lives are are filled with preconceived structures and, and preconceived ideas and what God is saying I want to deliver you from those delusive concepts I want to deliver you from, from, from the wrong way of thinking because I've got greater things for you and until you're completely free here, you will never be free here. That's what he's saying. But look what he goes on to say. He says, if, if, if you change the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you. See, people come to me all the time and they're like, Pastor, I, I just don't, I just want to know if it's God's will. Can you help me find God's will, right? I, I want to know God's will. See, when you struggle at knowing and discerning God's will, what that tells me is that you've got old ways of thinking. You, you have old mindsets, you, you have concepts, you have structures that not, are not allowing. Because what Paul is saying is that when, when, you, when you renew your mind, right, and, and you're renewed and transformed, then you will know what God's will is for your life. Pastor, should I marry him? And I'm like, heck no, get away, run. But, you know, and, and you're, like, you know you're like, this, could I, should I marry him? 
right? You're completely blind because you have structures and concepts. Should I, should I go back to school? Should I change jobs? Should I take that promotion? Should I start the business? What is God's will, right? And, and when you're struggling to know God's will, what that tells me is that there's still old mindsets that need to be renewed in your life. Man, that's some pretty good preaching. Amen. Thank you. Good job, man. Si no me echan porras, right? Amen. And then he says, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, you can't go wrong with God. God will never lead you down the wrong path, right? God will always lead you to, to greater heights and greater levels and greater elevation and, and, and things. And, and so, you know, why, why do we need a change in mindset? And it's real easy because often the principles of God are counterintuitive to us. They, they go against our, our, our nature, our natural instinct. In fact, the Bible says to love those who hate you. Am I the only one that struggles with that? Like, you hate me, I'm going to hate you back, fool, right? You block me, I'll block you, right? You unfriend me, I'll unfriend you, right? That's just how we roll, right? That's, that's our nature, right? Right? It just, it like, it goes against our, our natural way of being. You know, and then the Bible takes it a step further. The Bible says that when they offend you, you got to ask them for forgiveness. Apply that in your marriage. Oh, no, he knows what he did, right? <laughs> so when your husband offends you, you got to go and ask him for forgiveness. No, like, no, right? <laughs> Why, we, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back, right? That's, that, that's what we do, right? But, but that's what the kingdom of God says. The biblical principles of, of, the, of the kingdom are counterintuitive. The Bible says give, right? And then you'll receive. The Bible says it's better to give than receive. See, we, we've got a, a selfish nature, and, and I use this example a lot. You never have to teach a child to say mine. I've never heard a mom or dad say, say, mijo, say mine, say mine. No. All you got to do is put out your favorite toy, bring in a threat like a cousin or a neighbor, right? And right away, mine. You're like, why? Because that's our nature. And the Bible says it's better to give. Like Malachi told me this week, dad, sharing is caring, right? Because when he wants what I have, he wanted my Doritos. He's like, dad, sharing is caring, Right? <laughs> <laughs> right but it, it goes against our 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 nature right so you know that's why paul is saying that we we if we really want to walk according to god's word and according to god's will then we're gonna have to break down some concepts and some structures i, I love what pastor john heggie from cornerstone church in san antonio he says this in teaching on the principle of first fruits he says putting god first in your life establishes his lordship I mean, that's a powerful statement because most people today, they want Jesus as their Savior, but not as their Lord. They come to Christ just because they want to get out of a hell-free card, right? In, the, in, in Monopoly, they want to get out of hell-free. I just don't want to go to that really burning place, right? So, you know, I'll say the prayer. But God didn't send his son Jesus just to save you. He came so that you could submit to his authority and to his lordship. 
And, and when you put God first, it establishes his lordship in your life. See, if he is not first, he is not Lord. If he is not Lord, then there is no blessing, no favor. There can be no true prosperity in your life if you have chosen to put something else before your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does it mean, you know, to be first? It means first means preceding all others in time, order, and importance preceding all others and, and that's why i say that a lot of i'm not talking about you i'm talking about del rio they go to church out of convenience and not out of commitment see if, if i don't have something else going on then i'll make it to church right or if i yeah one of my favorites they tell me, pastor if i wake up they, they tell me that can you imagine if you told your boss hey be here at nine if i wake up boss i'll be there Just so you won't be late for you. Some put like five or six alarms. Just so you won't be late. I'm like, if you do it for work, why can't you do it for church? And we have church at 12. It's not like at 9 in the morning. You still have time to go get menudo and barbacoa before they run out. Right? Pastor, if I wake up, I'll be there. And that's the problem with our relationship. That's not putting God first. And, and then a lot of those... and. I, those are parents, and then the parents say, Pastor, my son doesn't want to go to church. He just doesn't want to go to church. I tell him it's important. I say, yeah, you're telling him, but you don't show him when you show up once a month. Let me say it on this side. I'll look friendlier. <laughs> they don't want to go to church. They don't want nothing to do. I tell them it's important. I'm like, but you come like once every two months. Your kids are not dumb. They'll eventually call you out. So placing God, and, and I've told you that growing up, I had a drug problem, right? I told you guys, my mom and dad would drug me to church on Sunday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, and Friday, right? That was my life. I, I had to go, I had to, go to I, didn't, I, I, I didn't have a choice, right? Why? They were not only telling me, they were showing me that God was important. So when we put God first, it says preceding others in time, in order, and importance. And our God, the creator of our universe, desires. And I could honestly say that he expects to be first in your life. Why do we encourage you to go to church when we gather together at the beginning of a new week? We are demonstrating. We are living out and not just saying that we are putting him first in our lives. See, when we make church a priority, it's part of giving our first fruits for the week. Your pathway to prosperity, peace, and victory begins with you gathering for times of prayer and worship and this year I want to encourage you to be more faithful in attending church make church a priority for you and your family let me tell you there is no better way to set the course for your week than to gather with your access family to gather here to honor to worship to praise Jesus Christ and have a good cup of coffee and some donuts that's how we roll when your desires, your plans, and your ideas become more important to you than God's plan, then you've adopted an attitude of self-sufficiency. You're telling God, I got this, right? But the minute you get a problem, you're like, where are you? Right? When you seek after your own ambitions, you are actually challenging God's authority over your life. So when you seek first through faith and obedience, right? Right? 
When you seek first and you put God as a priority in, in every aspect. See, God, first fruits isn't just our first fruit offering. We've got to give God the first fruits of our day, the first fruit of our week, the first fruit of our time, the first fruit of our talents, of, of our treasure. See, when, when you, through faith and obedience, you, you, you honor God and you seek God first, that is when you turn his promise into your provision. And because he wants to see his people who honor him succeed, that is why he established the principle we call first fruits. So let's talk about the purpose of first fruits, right? So Leviticus 23.10. This is God giving the law to Moses. And he says, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land I give you and reap its harvest, you shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priests. So the feast of first fruits was one of seven feast that God himself established for his people. Each one of the feasts had a specific purpose to make remembrance, to teach, and to bless his people. So the concept of first fruits is rooted in biblical times when people lived in an agrarian society. Harvest time was significant because that was when all of the hard work of, of, of preparing the land and, and, and sowing seed and cultivating and watering, you know, all of all of that hard work that, that the people poured into their crops and, and, and into their cattle, into their livestock all year, that's when they would begin to pay off. These people were literally reaping whatever they sowed. And so God called his people to bring the first yield, the first fruits from their harvest to him as an offering. And, and this was to demonstrate to the Israelites, their obedience and their reverence for God. It also showed that they trusted God to provide enough crops to feed their family. And back then, there were a lot of rules associated with bringing your first fruit offerings. In fact, they had to be brought to the temple priests, and no other crops could be harvested until after the first fruits were presented. It was a very, very complex process. In fact, the Hebrew word for first fruits is bikurim, bikurim, which literally translated means to promise to come, right? And, and, and I love that when, when you offer your first fruits, right, you're acknowledging that God is faithful. You're acknowledging that God will honor his word. When, when, when you bring your first fruits, or they would bring their first fruits, they would bring their, their bickering, they knew that, that God was not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. They knew that God would accomplish his word, that God was a God of covenant and God would never fail, that God was always faithful. They knew that when they brought their first fruits, they knew that God's hand of favor and blessing would be over their lives. They knew that, that it was an exchange of, of covenant, an exchange of, of promise. And so the Israelites saw these first fruits as an investment into their future for that year. And God told them that if they brought their first fruits to him, that he would bless everything that would follow. That's the purpose of first fruits. It's you saying, God, 
I believe you. And I'm not putting my trust in, in my own ability, in, in, in my, my own uh, uh, connections, in my own relationships, in, in my own uh, uh, intelligence, God. I, I'm, I know and, and I'm standing here today because of you, God. I'm recognizing that I'm not that good. I'm recognizing that I'm not that talented. I'm recognizing that I'm not that smart, God. I am here today and I am blessed because you are good, because you are faithful and you always fulfill your word that's when you bring your first fruit say God it's not by might it's not by power but it's by your spirit in my life so what is that is the purpose of first fruit so what is the power the word blessing in in the Hebrew when God tells Abraham says, and he enters into covenant, he says, and I will bless you and I will make your name great, right? And everyone shall see you as blessed. The word blessing means to be in, in, imbued with, with the supernatural power, a supernatural grace, a, a supernatural uh, ability. See, when you bring God your first fruits offering, God releases, releases a, a supernatural power over over your life and that's what that that there's an exchange that that happens and one of the things that i often say is that the laws and the principles of god's word are called by jesus the keys of the kingdom right the keys of the kingdom in fact jesus spent the majority of his earthly ministry not teaching people how to get a heaven how to get to heaven or escape hell Two-thirds of his ministry was telling people how to live in his kingdom here on the earth, right? So, so, so you know, and that's the problem with the church is that we've developed escapism mentality. Like, I just want to escape hell. Like, I'm going to do whatever I can, and I'm praying at the last moment I can repent and I can make it to heaven, right? But Jesus' priority was not just about getting them to heaven so that they wouldn't go to hell. He was teaching them how to live in, in his kingdom here on, on, on the earth, right? And, and see, most of us, we, we have a negative connotation or concept of, of laws because most of us, we see laws as limitations or restrictions, right? In fact, just driving here from Del Rio, the government is limiting me. And see, there is a, there, there is a little sign that has a seven and a five, which I interpreted in the biblical Greek as seven, eight, right? There's a three-mile grace period. Don't look over there to John back there, and, right? Like, but that's how I see it, right? I see a seven, eight, where I see a seven, five, so I put my cruise control on seven, eight. And it's limiting me, right? I really want to go fast. I, I really want to get there, right? I, I, I want to, I, I want to, I, I, you know, this law is keeping me from getting here sooner and getting here faster, right? And, and oftentimes that's how we interpret laws, right? But the kingdom of God and the keys of the kingdom weren't established to limit us or restrict us, but the keys were established to unlock blessings in our lives. What, what do keys do? Keys what? They give you access, right? That's what keys do. See, by tithing or giving of your first fruits, by, by fasting, by praying, you're not just buying the blessing of God. You're using the keys that Jesus gave us to access the blessings and the benefits of the kingdom of God. When someone has a poverty mindset and we begin to talk about tithing, about giving, about offering, about first fruits right away, they, they, they go into that poverty mindset. It's like, oh, you're trying to buy God. You can't, you can't buy God. No, I'm not 
not talking about buying God, I'm buying God's blessing or buying God's favor. I'm talking about using the key that God gave you so that you can access the blessings and the benefits of the kingdom of God. That's powerful. And that's why we're called access because we want to give you the keys so that you can unlock those things in your life. That's what the principles are. That's why Jesus says they're, 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 they're keys. And see, a lot of us, we think that in the kingdom of God is just one skeleton key. But it's not. That's why Jesus didn't say, I give you the key of the kingdom. He said, I give you the keys. You know, and, and in research and preparation for this message, you know, yesterday I stood in front of my house with my remote control for my brand new car. And I stood in my front door and I kept clicking the unlock and it wouldn't open. And I kept saying, in the name of Jesus, open right now. Get thee behind me, Satan. You know, speak to that mountain and it wouldn't unlock. Why? I can't get into my house with my car key. And in the same way, I can't get into my car with my house key. Different keys unlock different things in your life. And see, a lot of us, we want to conform with just one key. Maybe you're all about prayer, right? And you just want to pray. But the Bible says that there are certain things that will be unlocked only through prayer and fasting in your life, right? So you need different keys. And some just, they're, they're, they just want to use the key of, of worship or the key of praise. Some just want to use the, the key of serving. All those are keys in your life. And each key will unlock certain things in your life. And what we want to do here is we want to give you all the keys so that we all look like janitors. Right? Right? So we, you know, they have keys on both sides. Like they can get into anywhere and everywhere, right? Right? And that's what we want. We want to give you the keys and we're going to give you the opportunity to use the keys. And so you've got to change your, your mindset that when God asks you to give, when God asks you to serve, when, when God asks you to fast, it's not because he's trying to get you to lose weight. It's because that's a key. And he says, if you'll just use that key, I've got behind that door, I've got amazing blessings. I've got opportunities. I've got miracles that I want you to access but I can open it for you. You've got to use the key. Some of you missed out because you wouldn't fast. And see, we, we, we've got to shift our mindset. See, you shouldn't be focused on, on what you can't do, right? Or, or what you can't eat or, or, or what you have to give or, or what you still need to pay. When, when you, you've got to focus on what you are accessing and unlocking when you pray, when you give, or when you fast. See, for me, I love January. I look forward to January. I look forward because I know it's going to be a season of fasting. It's going to be a season of first fruits. And I'm not sitting there thinking, wow, I really wish I could have some tacos. I really wish I could have a steak. I really wish, I, I love all of those things, but I'm not focused on what I can't eat. And that's why for me, fasting is a joy and it's a satisfaction because I'm not focusing on what I can't eat. I'm focusing on what God is about to release and unlock in my life. And I say, when I begin to fast, no devil in hell can stop me from getting what God, see, when you have the key, no one can stop you from getting inside. And that's why we give you the key. But isn't that just the trap of the enemy? It does, the enemy always work that way, right? He gets you to focus on 
on what you can't eat. What you, you should have seen all the text messages that I got that Monday or Tuesday. People were texting me pictures that their coworker brought tacos and their coworker brought donuts and, you know, right? And then we start the bobblehead game, right? You want a donut? <laughs> have a taco. Come on. They're really good. Right? Because you're, you're, you're trying to be pious and devout, right? And, you know, the Bible says don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Like, have a talk. I've told you before, all you have to do is say, I'm fasting. When Jesus, he got after the Pharisees, it's not because he, he didn't want them to say they were fasting. It's because they would walk in like, oh, I'm fasting today. Right? They were all drama, all dramatic about it, right? That's why it's okay to tell, no, thank you, I'm, I'm fasting. What is that? Come to my church, my pastor will tell you, right? And so you don't have to do the bobblehead thing, right? Because then, they, then they, as it is, they already think you're weird because you come to this church and then now it's just worse. So, you know. And then the more you do this, the more they insist, right? So. It just happens. But, but don't focus on those things. Focus on what you're about to unlock and access in your life. But, but that's the trap of the enemy. Adam and Eve were put in the most perfect place in the world and in time. And God told them in this amazing garden, the Garden of Eden, he says, you can eat from every fruit, from every tree except for one. And what do they want? The one. And, and it's in our nature. Like, we buy Micah all these toys, and he wants the remote control from the TV. <laughs> right? We buy him his own play phone, but he, don't want my, he wants my phone. Right? That's just how we're, we're wired, right? And, and Adam and Eve, here they were. They were put in the most perfect place with, with all the fruit, everything they could have. And God said, you can eat everything you want except for that one tree. And that's what the enemy does for us. He gets us to focus on that one thing. He, God says, you know what? All you have to do is give me 10% and the rest of the 90% I'm going to bless. And you can spend it however you want. And what happens? You want the 10% too. And you start negotiating with God. God, I'll give you 5%, 4%. You, you sound like an auctioneer. Take it, 3%, right? I can't rap or auctioneer, so now you know. And here we are. The principle of first fruits. God is saying, just give me one week. You're like, that's a lot of money. I don't know what pastor's going to do. You know what? He got that new truck. I, he's probably trying to figure out a way to pay for it now. <laughs> Quien le manda? Quien le manda? Right? And you're there f wondering, like, freaking out, God. But a whole week, and God is saying, I give you 52 weeks, and you can't give me one? It's Adam and Eve syndrome. Right? And God is saying, if you give me one, I'll bless, uh, I'll bless, the, I'll bless all 52. 
That's what it's all about. We, we, we've got to shift our, our focus. And one of the most powerful keys that we have available to us is the first fruits offering. Exodus 34 and 26 says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Just in case anybody was planning to do that after church, do not boil a young goat in its mother's milk, okay? I don't care if you saw it on the Food Network. Do not do that, right? But let's focus on the first part. It says, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. First thing you got to know, and people say that all the time, you don't give your tithes to the church. You don't give your tithes to the pastor. You give it to the Lord. You bring it through the church, but you give it to God. People say, I give that pastor my tithes. If you're giving that pastor your tithes, then you're doing it wrong. You, you, your, your mindset, you have to understand. He says, you bring your first fruits to the house of, of the Lord. Leviticus 23, 9 and 10. This is God giving the law to Moses. And he says, and the Lord Mo spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I give you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring the, the first fruits of your harvest to the priest, right? So, so this, God does not change. We all agree that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So it, it doesn't change that even though we are in the dispensation of grace, Jesus did not come, come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law, right? And, and so these principles work in your life. Now, let me just put it out there. If you don't give your first fruits offering, you're probably not going to go to hell. And you'll probably make it to heaven. That, that's okay let's just put it out there I know some places where they want to condemn you if you don't do it right but but no all you're doing is not utilizing a key to unlock and access things that God has for you in your life right and then you're praying say God bless me God says I gave you the key use it God I need a raise I gave you the key use it right and, and so I'm going to give you real quickly four, four blessings that you access when you give your first fruits offering. Number one, abundant blessings. The word abundant means more than enough. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Right? Honor the Lord with your possessions, right, with the, the fruit of your increase or your first fruits. That's what the King James says. And, and all of your increase. You know, it, it's always, it, it amazes me that people always text me and say, Pastor, I just got a bonus. Do I got a tithe off of that? I just got a raise. I, I went to the casino and I want, Pastor, do I got a tithe? Yes, especially. <laughs> Like, you better tithe double, you know, from that, from, from the casino earnings, right? I'm sorry, papi. Right? Whatever increase you gain in your life, me, San, Pastor San and I are so radical about this concept that if we get $5 for our birthday, we put 50 cents in the tithe. Anything that, that elevates our increase, our wealth, we honor God. 
We're not looking for a loophole, and that's what people do. They, they're looking for a loophole on what they don't have to give. And I'm just the exact opposite. Why? Because I understand that when I give, I unlock. So I look for opportunities to give. So even when I get my tax return, and I'm thinking, well, I are technically already taxed on it, but I'm not thinking about what I can't give. I'm looking for opportunities to give. So when I get my tax return, I'm thinking, yes, I know I already tithe on it, but it's not going to hurt me to tithe on it again. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you that that's how we live. That's what we do. Number two, when, when you honor the Lord with your first fruits, God puts a blessing on the rest. Romans eleven sixteen. if the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so the whole lump, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. See, first fruit offering is giving the first portion to God. And when you give God the first portion of your finances, you are provoking a blessing on your life, a blessing on your finances for the whole year see God that's how good God is God says I don't need you to give it all to me in fact if God wanted it he could ask for it all because why God gave it all to us right but God says I don't need you to give it all just give me 10% every 15 and 30th and I'm gonna bless you like you gave it all God is saying just give me one week at the beginning of the year and I'm gonna bless it like you gave it all that's what happens that's why the Bible says if the first part is blessed the rest will be blessed and when you honor God with your first fruits he blesses the rest even what you get at the casino <laughs> number three you have the right to ask a favor ask for favor from God Nehemiah 13 31 this is Nehemiah Nehemiah found himself in a position where he needed God's hand of favor God's hand of blessing God's he needed he needed a, a, a grace right and, and look at what he says Nehemiah begins to remind God he says and I also made sure that the supply of wood for the altar and the first portions of the harvest were brought at the proper times and he says remember this in in, in my favor oh my god he says remember this god 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 Nehemiah honored God with the first fruits and, and he came in a position where he needed a miracle in his life and he said hey God remember on January 30th I stood in covenant with you and I said God I'm trusting for you see now I need you to come through for me God I need a miracle God I need a healing God I need a blessing on my life God I need you to do something in my son or my daughter God I, I, I need something see that's what happens when you honor God with your first fruits you have a right to stand there and say God I entered into covenant with you it's not transactional it is transformational it's when you say God I've honored you now because you honored him and that's what Nehemiah was saying God remember I did what you asked now it's time for you to come through with what you said you would do and number four when you honor God with your first fruits there's a blessing that come and rest on your home. Man, if for no other reason to stand in faith, believe me, I understand. I understand that it takes faith to do your first fruits. I, I understand that, that it's not easy. But just for this very reason, God is a man of his word. The Bible says that he sends out his word and it accomplishes all that is set out to do. 
And God promises that if you honor the Lord with your first fruits, not the tithe, not the fast. Remember I said different keys unlock different things? He said if you honor the Lord with your first fruits, it will cause. That, that word cause in the Hebrew means to provoke, almost like, like a gag reflex. It's it just something that, that has to happen. You can't, you can't keep it or stop it from happening. Ezekiel 44, 30, 44, 30 says, The best of all the fruits, first fruits of any kind and every sacrifice of any kind from all your sacrifice shall be the priest, and you shall give to the priest the first of your ground meal. In modern terms, it means you're supposed to give the pastor homemade tortillas. That's what it means there in the Hebrew. But look at what it says. It says to cause a blessing to rest on your house. Wow. The first fruits offering provokes God to bring a cloud of glory and a blessing that rests on your house. A supernatural power, a super, a, 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 a supernatural grace and, and favor to rest on your home. That's what that's what your first fruits offering provokes. It just comes and, and sits on your home. And, and, and when you give your first fruits offering, the blessing not only benefits you, but all of your family in your home, those that are saved and those that are not saved yet. Notice I didn't say the unsaved. Those that are not saved yet, when you honor God, even if you have that son or daughter, maybe they're like, they're, they're doing their thing, they're living wild, they don't want anything to do with God, and they're out there, you know, doing crazy things, and, and, and because you honor God with your first fruits, even those are covered, those prodigal sons and those prodigal daughters, maybe you have a prodigal husband or a prodigal wife God is saying that when you honor me with the first fruits my blessing will rest upon your house and I'm even going to cover those that don't deserve if for any other reason to me that's reason enough I honor God with my first fruits because I want the blessing of God on my boys I want protection on them When you honor God, the blessing of God rests on your home. You've heard the word. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required, right? To whom much is known, much is required. Now it's up to you. To use the key to unlock the blessing and the favor of God over your home, over your family, over your children. He says, I've given you the key. See, we pray, right? God do it, God do it. It says, okay, God gives you the key. See, we think God gives us stuff, but he gives us keys to unlock the stuff. And it's up to us to pull the key out, put it in the lock. And say in the name of Jesus, this year my marriage is going to get better. My husband's going to be restored. My son or daughter's going to be saved. 
And until they get saved, God, you're going to cover them and protect them. That's what the blessing of God does when it rests on your home. Will you stand? If you have your first fruits offering today, or if you've already given, I want you to come forward. We want to pray and bless you today. And like I said, we're going to unleash and unlock that blessing to rest on your home and in your life. Maybe you were here today say, Pastor, I was prepared for my first fruits, but I want what you said. I want you to come forward. Say, maybe, say, God, I didn't understand. I didn't know. You know what? God will honor your faith in February. And, 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 and I hope if you're new today, we're, we're not a church that always talks about giving. We're not a church that, that makes you come to the front to give or puts a plate in your face to give. We truly believe that giving to God is between you and God. But it's my job to give you the keys, to teach you the keys and the principles of the kingdom of God so that you can unlock that blessing to come and rest over your house and your marriage, your children, your grandchildren, your pantry, your vehicles. That's what the blessing and the favor of God does over your life. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, and God, we thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. And we celebrate today, God, because we know that because we are standing here today, we're only able to do it because you have been good, because you have been faithful, because you have given us the strength, the ability, the health, Lord God, to work, to, to earn, to, to, to produce God. And so, God, today I pray that you would take the first fruits offering this year, God, and that you would bless it, that you would multiply it, God. God, so that your kingdom can increase and expand here in this city, here in this region, Lord God. Because our vision, our vision is to reach more people, to give them access to the blessings and the benefits of the kingdom of God. So God, today I pray for every marriage, every home, every individual represented here today, every business, God, that is represented here today. God, I pray that that blessing would just, would, would just rest on their home, covering them. And just like, like the cloud of glory covered the Israelites in the heat of the, of the desert day, God, I pray your cloud of glory would cover and protect each home, children, grandchildren, and all who come to visit, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would release abundant blessings this year. Those things that have been delayed, denied, detained, those contracts, those, those, those openings, that promotion, God. Lord God, I pray that those things would be unlocked and released now. 
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap? Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.